0: Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Equine Exposé with your host, Emma Basic. This week, we'll be discussing the dark side of horseback riding. We have a lot of ground to cover, so sit back, listen, and be prepared to question everything you thought you knew about the equestrian industry as we uncover some of its well-kept secrets. of us when we were kids might have gone through the pony phase where you would beg your parents for a pony for christmas and when that obviously didn't work they would compromise by signing you up for horseback riding lessons Why were horses so appealing to us when we were little? I think it was the fact that horses are just animals that people are naturally drawn to. They're big, beautiful, and gentle, and sitting on their backs while they gallop as fast as they can is a very liberating feeling. Most people don't get into horseback riding because they have a bizarre need to abuse or overpower the animal. They do it because they simply just love horses. However, After a while of riding, you might notice that horseback riding is not the innocent sport that you initially signed up for. A lot of people's minds get corrupted by money, competitions, and the need to win that they forget what the sport is actually about, the horses. Sadly, there are many examples of high-level or Olympic riders who cheat and use abuse to get their way to the top. This particular story is so shocking that it will make you question every single equestrian that enters the ring. Andrew Kosher was once a respected FEI, Fédération Equestre Internationale, or International Federation for Equestrian Sports, rider, horse dealer, and horse trainer. He represented the USA in many competitions, such as the FEI Jumping World Cup and the FEI Jumping Nations Cup. However, his masterful career of many years suddenly came to an end when he got exposed for horse abuse. The FEI opened up an investigation against Andrew Kosher in June of 2020 after some serious allegations were brought up. The FEI were informed that one of their accomplished show jumpers had been using electrified spurs. After thorough investigations, these claims were found to be true. There are various pictures of him holding a small black device in his hand while riding that was later found out to be connected to a wire going all the way under his clothes down to his spurs. This means that every time he wanted his horse to pick up the pace, he would press the device and in turn shock the horse. No wonder he was notorious for finishing his courses well under the time limit. He was cheating! After reading more about his case, I was very interested as to what the FBI initially thought about these allegations and their investigation process. I have invited FBI board member Maria Gretzer to help shed some light on the situation.
1: Welcome, Maria. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, what is your role in the FBI? I'm a member of the honorary board in the FBI. We all have different roles within the board and mine is overseeing that rules are being followed by our riders, and that includes our strict rules about horse abuse. I also deal with complaints.
0: Wow, that is a very important role. Could you explain what happened when the allegations first came to your attention and what were your initial thoughts about it?
1: Yes, so I've been notified that there were allegations of horse abuse against one of our esteemed riders, and immediately I looked into it. We did not take those types of allegations lightly. When I read the reports and realized these complaints were against Andy Kosher, I was absolutely shocked. He's a very talented rider and horse trainer. He has competed and won many competitions. I have only met him a couple of times, and he seemed like a really nice person, like he really loved his horses."
0: Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't expect somebody like him who seems to be very dedicated to the sport and horses to do something like this.
1: Exactly. We started the investigation right away. We looked at pictures, analyzed videos, interviewed some people, and even went to his barn to take a look around. Of course, Kosher would not admit what he was doing when we interviewed him. And even when we visited his barn, there was no evidence of abuse. He was doing a great job of covering up his crimes. However, the truth always ends up revealing itself, and eventually we had enough evidence to nail him. What were the consequences for him? Automatically, he was suspended from competing, and after a while of deliberation, we decided that his suspension would last 10 years. If he wanted to come back after those 10 years, the competitions he'd be able to compete in would be limited, and he would be closely monitored. We have a zero horse abuse policy here at the FEI.
0: Thank you again, Maria, for taking the time to come over and chat with us.
1: No problem. It was my pleasure.
0: Wow, what an eye-opening conversation. Andrew Kosher has been riding for decades, competing for years, and barely anyone noticed that he was abusing his horses. This really makes me wonder about all the other horse abuse that is happening in the equine industry that goes unnoticed. However, sad but true, I know it happens a lot more than people would like to admit. The ugly truth is that most people in the industry are aware of what is going on. They just turn a blind eye. The racing industry is a perfect example of this. Almost everybody who is involved, the horse owners, jockeys, the vets, and even some people who go to watch, also know what happens behind the scenes. I will not hesitate to say that the racing industry is one of the cruelest animal businesses, and it is run by greedy, selfish, rich people who would throw their horses in front of a train if it meant more money would be going into their pockets. The abuse in the racing industry is no secret. There are hundreds of thousands of videos online exposing what happens behind closed doors. PETA is notorious for their undercover investigative work at slaughterhouses and abusive animal facilities. They have been to multiple racing barns, secretly filming and observing the unethical acts carried out by some of the racehorse owners and jockeys. Today, I'm joined by an undercover PETA employee who shall remain anonymous to share with us the horrors they have witnessed during their four-month investigation of Steve Asmussen, one of the most successful trainers of all time and his operations. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here.
2: So when you got to the barn, what was the first thing you noticed? Well, at first glance, it looked like a regular stable. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. I definitely couldn't tell anything suspicious was going on until I went in and started my undercover investigation. Can you describe some of the things they were doing? How were the horses being treated? I don't think there was a single horse in there who was not sore or injured in some way. I'd spent the most time with Scott Blazy, who is Asminson's chief assistant trainer, and I was constantly following him around from horse to horse as he would inject each one with a drug cocktail. Since every single one of their horses was injured, they don't have time to wait for them to get better before the races. Time is money, so they inject them with a handful of drugs so they are able to continue racing. What were those drugs, and what exactly do they do? Well, most of them were performance enhancing drugs. They would inject Lasix to help the horses run faster and feel lighter. Even worse than that, they used a drug called phenylbutazone, which would mask the pain of whatever injury the horse had, so that even injured it would still be able to race. It was really hard to watch them constantly getting stabbed with needles every day.
0: Earlier, you mentioned that every single horse was injured in some way. Could you describe what those injuries were?
2: Most of the injuries had something to do with their legs and feet. These horses are forced to run at an unnatural pace every day, so it would make sense that their feet would get easily worn down. One of Asmonson's prized horses, Nero, had painfully damaged feet that were so worn down to the point where he almost had no foot. They even tried to fill some of the holes in his feet with super glue. I was surprised he was even able to stand, and the worst part is, they still made him race. He was supposed to race in the Kentucky Derby, but unfortunately he died that day due to colic. As sad as it is to admit, horse deaths are not uncommon at all in the industry. About 24 horses per week die on racetracks in the U.S. A lot of them have to be euthanized because of broken legs. Scott Blasey himself even admitted that he is well aware of the abuse that occurs and that he is part of.
0: I cannot believe how many they hurt and kill before they ever even get to the racetrack. It's, a, it's mind-boggling. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your experience. Even though it was very hard to hear, unfortunately, that is the sad truth. These trainers, horse owners, and jockeys all treat their horses like a piece of sports equipment that is disposable instead of a living animal that has emotions and the ability to feel pain just like we do. Racehorses don't last very long as they reach their limit fairly quickly. The ones who don't die end up getting sent to slaughterhouses, which are around 10,000 thoroughbreds each year, and only a few lucky ones get saved. I have ridden and been around multiple ex-race horses or off-the-track thoroughbreds as they're commonly called that have been saved from slaughter unfortunately it is very obvious that they still suffer from trauma i've noticed that they are more skittish they spook easier and it takes a while for them to be able to trust you when handling them you have to be gentler than you normally would with other horses it breaks my heart because i know what they've been through and even though they got rescued they'll never be able to escape all the horrors they have endured in the past That concludes this week's episode of Equine Exposé. I hope that you have gained some valuable insight on the hidden and cruel parts of the equestrian industry. I hope you keep this knowledge with you the next time you see a race or a Grand Prix jumping competition on TV, and remember that they're only showing you what they want you to see. However, don't let what was said derail your image of all equestrians. Most of us would never participate in abuse, and ride simply just because we love horses, because ultimately, that's what this sport is about. Thank you for listening, and see you next week.